Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning, those who worship God with me <laughs> on Sundays. So when we sang the song, New Wine, for those of you who've been around for a while, did you miss Addie? Yeah, that was Addie's song. I, I was like, that's Addie's song. So uh, I was thrilled to have uh, Julie up there playing. But Sherry, did, it miss, did you miss Addie when you heard that song? Yeah. All right. I'm just an emotional woman. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cry. So uh, good morning. Jamie, your announcements were so long. Only because he's like, just a little feedback, Heidi. Your announcements are kind of long. <laughs> I was just like, huh. It's hard, isn't it? It's harder than it seems to give announcements. Sometimes people get up here and they're like, that's, that's not as easy. I'm like, I know. I know. So um, good morning. I'm... I'm happy to be here this morning. I am glad to be speaking. Last week when I was sitting there and Jamie's like, Heidi's preaching next week. And I, in my soul, I go, in my, in my head, I'm like, do I do that? Is that something I do? I preach? I like had a little freak out moment. I don't, I don't know. I was like, I don't know if I can do that. So, but here I am. So I guess I do. Uh, thanks. Thanks. All right. So um, let's start with a, a quick quieting of hearts. And my heart, that, I think that might be why people pray when they start speaking, because they need to like, and connect with God before they start. So let's pray. Father, thank you that we're here again uh, in the midst of the crazy. God, we pause and we just pray for the people in our church that are sick with COVID that aren't here. Touch them, heal them, protect them. Uh, in the midst of a little bit crazy that's coming to our town, May you be our anchor today. May you be our peace. May we set our eyes back on you. May we breathe long enough, sit long enough to put the, all the things on the, that are running around in our heads aside and to open ourselves to hear from you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So when Jamie in maybe December said to me, I think the sermon series I want to start the year with is the idea of remnant. And I, um, it's kind of interesting. We take turns. Did I say it wrong? I'm going to butcher that word. I'm going to butcher it. I, sorry. It's, you just have to give me grace. So, but like we take turns, like invitations. That was my idea. And he's like, yeah. And this one was his. And apparently I can't even pronounce it. But in the way I was like, I, I was like, yes. Like, it's kind of an interesting thing when two people speak to be like, you're, 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 you know, the Holy Spirit. And he goes, yeah, I think that's, I think you're hearing from God on this one. And I, I started thinking about, I started thinking about, can somebody just say it for me correctly so I can hear it now? Remnant. Thank you. Now I got it again. All I could hear was wrong. Remnant. And I started to hear the, the I started to hear the word like hidden. Like it's the hidden people of God. And I, I just started thinking and praying about the word and thinking about it through scripture and what we see from scripture about the remnant that follow God. Um, and I was hopeful. It feels hopeful because we, we can forget that there have been Christians since the beginning of time. Like we can forget and get our eyes stuck on the darkness 
around us, and I can forget. But when I remember, there's always been. There always will be, and God has got this. It was very hopeful for me. Uh, As I started thinking about it, I was thinking we need to remember as a church that the next generation of church is not going to look like us. It's, it's not. The next remnant, I don't even know that we can imagine what it might look like. If you grew up in the church like I did, if you didn't, you just have to stick with us. Do you believe what you believed as a, as a child? I, I don't. Do you worship like you did when you were growing up? Our church looks nothing like the church that I grew up in. Nothing like it. But do I love God? Am I seeking God? Um, am I within what the church would call orthodoxy, like the boundaries of correct? Yes. And I think that we have a fear that our kids, that their faith in the next generation needs to look like ours, and it doesn't. I would go so far to say is we probably can't even imagine what it will look like. I was thinking about, think about like the, the Jesus people of the 70s. I bet you their parents were freaking out. Can you imagine, like, long hair, rock bands? That's what needed to happen. It's okay. It's all right. And so I wanted to say, I wanted us to know it's okay. It's going to be okay. And I, I titled this sermon, All Shall Be Well. So this is from Julian of Norwich, All Shall Be Well and All Manners of Things Shall Be Well. And during COVID, uh, Jamie dove into Julian of Norwich, and he would say this to us often. I... I I'm hoping that you remember this, all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And when I was thinking of the church, all, it's all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. And we would say this week after week after week, because it's, it's the truth. It's going to be okay. Uh, this week, I was listening to a podcast and it was, uh, it caught my eye. It was on Henry Nouwen. And I'm a huge fan of Henry Nouwen and his writing. He is extremely deep, concise, and very vulnerable. You're like, I can't believe you just wrote that. I can't believe as a Jesuit priest you just said that this is actually what goes on, you know, in your head. And then you feel a freedom. But so it was on, it was on Henry Nouwen and Van Gogh. How do you say Van Gogh in Dutch? That's what the lady kept saying. That's how she said it. Just like that. At first I was like, who is she talking about? What is she? So it was on Henry now. So it piqued my interest. And they began talking about uh, Henry Nouwen and Van Gogh and how they were similar. And they were talking through it. And then they got to Van Gogh's favorite piece of art. And I would like to share with you today, this is Van Gogh's favorite piece of art. And it's beautiful. <laughs> it's called The Sower. And they started talking about the parable. Van Gogh painted parables. He wanted to be a pastor. That's what he wanted to do. But they, they give different reasons why. Some say he wasn't emotionally stable enough. Uh, she said that he could not learn Greek and Hebrew. like he just, and, and he didn't want to. And at the time, in order to be a pastor, you had to to pass the test. So he did, so but he desperately loved God and he desperately loved nature and p- 
people. And so he's like, well, I guess I'll have to paint. I was like, thank goodness. Thank goodness he wasn't a pastor. Thank goodness he painted. And so he would paint scripture. And this is the sower. And this was his favorite. And uh, today I want to read to you Mark 4, 1 through 9. It's a common passage. And I want you to look at the painting. Just see it. Just enjoy it. Just look at it. So I'm going to read it to you. Mark 4, 1 through 9. Again, he, Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat there. While the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, he began to teach them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 and 60 and 100 fold. And he said, let anyone who has ears to hear, listen, listen. And I thought, that's, that's why all will be well, because God is the sower and he's sowing seeds all the time. He never stops. God is the farmer, and he's out throwing them wherever to everybody. It reminds me of that quote, Jamie said, everybody is offered. Everyone is invited. I've kind of thought that God is actually not as exclusive as humans, right? We're exclusive, but God is like, anybody, if you choose me, I choose you. So God is the sower, and he will not stop sowing the seed and so it's going to be okay. There will always be someone sowing the seed. And then I thought, well, what about the seed? <laughs> Let's look at the seed. The seed has to go into the ground. The seed is the word of God. It's Jesus himself. It's kind of interesting that the sower is Jesus and the seed is Jesus. And the seed, it's just good to remind ourselves, has to go into a dark place. It has to go into the dark. It has to be hidden. It has to die. And then it's broken. And then it's opened. That's the seed. And then I was thinking about the soil. The soil is your soul. All those different soils are souls. And I was reminded of a class I took in college, and the class was on composting. I have a biology major, minor. I was going to be a biology teacher because uh, my parents wanted me, rightfully so, to get a job that would, would be stable and, you know, make an income. So I was going to be a biology teacher before I was like, I just, I'm called to ministry. So I got some weird biology classes, and one of them is on compost and soil. And I was thinking that, reminding myself that the soil doesn't stay, your soul doesn't just stay 
receptive. It doesn't just stay healthy because you were healthy. It actually takes more manure, and it actually takes more work. If you've gardened, you can actually, if you just keep going and going and going and going, you strip it of all the nutrients. You've got to put more into it. I think that's our part. God's part is he sows the seed. He scatters it. He does the work. And our part is what kind of soil? What am I doing with my container? Am I keeping it um, good soil? What are the things What are the things that you need to do so that your soil doesn't run dry? Are there times, there's times when you're so tired. There's times when I've been like, my soul is so tired. And those are times that you need to get away with Jesus and replenish your soul. So we have the farmer. And actually, which I was thinking about the farmer is the farmer is amazing because He waters it. This is God. God waters us. He tends us. He weeds us. All we do is the soil. Like he's the one with the bulk of the responsibility. And our responsibility is to pay attention to our soul. And I was thinking, why are we so afraid of dark and hidden spaces when that's what has to happen to grow? Like why is it so hard for us as humans to be, um, to be in the dark and to not know and to have things like our life feels like it's breaking open when really that's the only time that the new growth comes. The sea has to die. It has to be broken open and left for seasons. I think when I was when I was looking at this this week, I was reminded that it's going to be okay because God won't stop sowing his seeds. He won't stop throwing them out there and there will be some people whose soil is ready to be heard. Um, I was thinking of <laughs> the fact that God speaks is another reason why we don't, we don't have to fear what's coming up is because God still speaks. I was thinking of um, when, I was a, when I was a girl um, in church, I'd love to sit in the front row, and we would have um, missionaries come on Sunday nights. And there was a lady named Trudy. My mom reminded me of her name, named Trudy, a missionary from Africa. And I remember sitting in the front row on a Sunday night. I think I was like maybe nine or ten. And I remember, I remember feeling called, like as this little girl. Like I remember the feeling of being like, I am called to God to serve him, speaking like this lady. And I only find it super interesting because everyone in my life told me, you can't do that. From that point on, my pastors told me, for real, and my teachers at my Christian school would tell me, you can't do that. That's not okay. You misheard God. And one reason I think that we're going to be okay is because God is still speaking to children. 
whose ears aren't hardened and whose hearts are still soft. And he's saying to them, he's calling them, and he's telling them, this is what you're going to do. Even though I might look at it and be like, I don't, I don't know about that. But some little kid in churches all over the world is hearing something. They're, I wasn't hearing my pastor. I wasn't hearing the adults. I was hearing God. And I think we're going to be okay because there are still children, and they will listen to God. I also was remembering I have friends who didn't grow up in the church. And I remember one friend particularly said, when I went to church, I was like, that's who I've been praying to. That's I, She didn't even know she was praying. I didn't know I was praying. I didn't know this person had a name. God speaks to children, and they talk, they talk back to him. So it's going to be okay. Another friend of mine said, I never went to church, but I looked in creation, and I knew, I knew that there was a God, even though no one had ever, there was a creator. And so I think one reason why we can be like, it's going to be all right, is because there are still children who are willing to listen to God and to hear him and to hold on to what he says. And hopefully, because we're called to be childlike, right? We're also called to believe that when God says to you, and you're like, I, I don't know, because people have told me that's not okay. Um, obviously, there's boundaries, but if you knew how many times I was told that's not okay, you can't do that, you misheard, um, I have to believe that there are kids now that are hearing something from God where maybe we might be like, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. So I, um, I know that things will be okay because there are kids still listening and hearing God. Uh, this week, the kids didn't have school on Monday. And here's another reason. Here's my third reason why, as I was processing this week, where I'm like, I know that there will be a remnant. I mean, you can look at Scripture, right? Jamie spoke from it from Isaiah last week. But like in my actual living how I know, is we went to the movie Monday, and we watched Sing 2. If you are open, God will speak to you through anything. So, so I'm going to show you this clip from Sing 2. It was really fun. And this, when I was here, I was like, this is, this is one reason why I know that it'll be okay. I have climbed the highest mountains. I have run through the fields only to be with you. Only to be with you. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for But I still haven't found What I'm looking for But I still haven't found What I'm looking for 
as I sat there and I listened, I'm like, I'm going to cry. I felt like I was in church when I was listening to that song. It creates such a longing. Bono's a Christian, and he's saying, I have tried these things. I have gone after them all. I have I've tried it, and it doesn't satisfy me. It was really interesting kind of studying the song and like looking, looking at the lyrics and looking. People are like, see, it proves Christianity isn't true because you have given your life to this and you are not satisfied. You are still wanting more. And I would say we will not be satisfied till heaven. You will not be satisfied till you see Jesus face to face. This song for me uh, says that there's there's more in me that I'm longing for that cannot be satisfied this side of heaven. C.S. Lewis said that all the longings that we have as humans for beauty, uh, for nature, for food, like any desire you have, for we have a deep desire for sex, for connection, for friendship is met. Um, is, there's, a, there's a meaning of it on this world. God created us for it. Like, you have a desire for it, and he has, God has answered it. He provides it for us, every longing you have. And the longing for us, for me, is I'm actually never quite satisfied. You see that sunset, and I want maybe I, I want to see another one. I eat the best meal I've ever had. I have the best bottle of, like, not bottle, glass of wine I've ever had. And I want an, I know, and I, I want, I wanted to have another one. I want more. Or you have the most beautiful relationship or, like, moment with a friend. Like, it's just so beautiful, and it makes you wanting more. That's God's longing in us. And, um, like, we used to sing this song. Oh, if I can remember what it is. And it talks about, like, you're just not satisfied. You always want more. And that is, that's God. And the reason I think there will always be a remnant is because there's something inside of us. It's in our DNA. We were created. If you heard that, you probably, I'm restless till I rest in you. There's a God-shaped hole or container in me that is not satisfied with anything other than God. I cannot slow down and settle in until I'm with God. Uh, Sister Lillian reminded me this week when I was with her, she's like, you will, you will not be satisfied, Heidi, until you see Jesus. Like, you, you won't be. There's nothing on this world that can fill that, that longing. Uh, the longing, though, I was thinking about it, the desire that we have for God compares with nothing to his desire for you. The reason there will always be a remnant is because God desires us. He longs to be gracious to us. Uh, last week, Jamie said that it was, the, it was the picture of the marriage. God wants to be married to you. I don't know if that's awkward, some people, but it's true. God wants to be married to you. He delights in you. I think sometimes someone, I heard someone say, like, we're like, oh, you know, the Holy Spirit has to live in me. Oh, the poor Holy Spirit has to put up with me. But what if, like, the Holy Spirit likes living in you? The Holy Spirit likes taking up space and being with you. Sometimes I've heard God say, Heidi, I like you. What have you heard God say, I like you? I, I, I like you. 
for some reason, even feels different than I love you. I like you. I like who you are. I like being with you. I long to forgive you. I want to hang out with you. There will always be a remnant because God will pursue us. He comes after us. He searches for us, and he won't stop. He longs to be gracious to us. He's quick to forgive, and the Holy Spirit wants to be with us. God wants to show us our new name. I was thinking of that from last week. The kind of the things that stuck out from Jamie's message is that God has given us a new name. He wants you to learn what your new name is. I'm like, I wonder what my name is. I was thinking of this earlier, and I, I forgot it, and I wanted to say this <laughs> um, about names. We've been given a lot of names. Your coaches have given you names. They've told you who you are. Your teachers have given you names, and they've told you who you are. Even your parents in their best intent or not, have given you names that aren't true. We wrap ourselves in these names, and you think that's who you are. But God says to you, no, I've given you a different name. I've been given names. You're difficult. You're the, you're the difficult child. What's the names you've been given? You can't do that. I've, I've heard that the coaches here in Pullman have given our kids some pretty horrible names. It's not okay. What names do I need to take off? What names do you need to take off? I don't think it matters how old you are. I think you've been given names that God's like, I didn't give that to you. I gave you a different name. And I want us to be free. And I think to be free, you have to take off those names. And listen to the Father's heart. He longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. He wants to forgive you, and he wants to tell you who you really are. Who you really are. And then you will be a new level of free. <laughs> a new level of free. All shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. God is the sower. He is sowing seed in places where we can't imagine. And there are people still willing to hear whose souls are soft, whose souls are fertile. There are souls that are willing. There are seeds that are dying. And there will be new growth. And, and we need to remember that even though in the U.S., the church is struggling and small. It is not that way everywhere. It's good to remember the church is alive and thriving and growing in other places because there's seasons. 
there's seasons. And maybe we'll live long enough to see the next season here. I think we will. So uh, in closing, Jamie's like, how do you want to close? I'm like, um, well, that's not as nailed down as well as usual. <laughs> could, we sing the, could we sing the wine song? In the pressing, it goes with the, the, whole, the whole message. Can we end with that? Jamie's like, be nice. I got new people on the stage, which is really lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Could we, yeah. yeah. We usually end with a really good question. And I couldn't think of one. I was like, I'm thinking. I was, I was thinking. We usually end with fun. So I think I'm going to just trust that through the song and through singing that the Holy Spirit will speak to you what you need to remember and be thinking about. In the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soul, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful. When I trust you, I don't need to understand. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing but all you have given me. Jesus, bring new wine out of me. Let's stand together and sing in the crushing. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. You are breaking new ground. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me to be. God, I came here with nothing. 
of the Lord this week and in his blessing to embrace the new that he is birthing in you, to trust the seed that he has sown in you, to sit in silence and darkness as long as it takes to remember that God is faithful, 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 and he will complete the work that he has begun in you. And until that day, walk in his grace and goodness, knowing that he loves you very, very much. And Heidi and I do too. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
go in the grace of the Lord, and we'll see you guys next week. I love you. And come talk to me if you want to join the EHR class. I'd love to have you. And we'll see you guys next week.